Gog Agam. It's the 3rd of September 2022. It's also the One Pra or the Lunar Observance Day, the 8th day of the 10th lunar month. So in just one month and eight days, it will be the end of this year's monastic rains retreat. So we should all set our hearts on using this time to practice, to train our minds. So just like how we've chanted before, contemplating how the days and nights steadily fall away. So today, now, what are we doing? And time passes extremely quickly. And Buddha said how our lives are like the dew on the tip of a blade of grass. And when the sun comes out and its rays hit that dewdrop, then it dries up. So our lives are steadily drying up with each passing day. And this has happened right from the time that we were born. It's from that moment we started developing, but what we're developing for is old age and pain and degeneration, decay. And we rely upon these four elements. So we have our karma as our birthplace. So just like all heat and energy has various forms of fuel, like gas or oil, as their birthplace. And if these run out, then the whole world um, starts getting chaotic, or if there's um, insufficient amounts of them. And the price goes up, the cost of living goes up, the cost of food goes up, and people's lives get more and more difficult. So for us, we have kamma, our actions, as our birthplace. And that we've been able to be born as humans means that we've had to have created good karma in the past to get a human body. But if uh, a karma that we've done, a bad karma, gives its results, it's possible to drop lower than a human so drop into the animal realm, or if that result of the kamma is particularly strong, you can go down to hell, or to the hungry ghost realm, or the asuras. And these are planes of existence that have much suffering. So all of the actions that we do, these become our possessions. So we try to do good kama, our chanting, and this is very skillful and meritorious. And also the meditation that we do, this is building up good kama, and this becomes our belongings, it becomes a noble wealth for us. So our external wealth, this is something that floods and fires can destroy. It's possible also for us to lose our lives through these. If there's war that comes up, or if there's various dangers, 
there's earthquakes, floods, fires, accidents, then that wealth just can't stay. And even these bodies of ours can't survive anymore. But this wealth of goodness, of skillfulness and merit that we create through chanting and meditating, this is good karma and this is something that can follow us. Our external wealth can't follow us. Whether we have a lot or a little, we have to leave it all behind in this world. We're not able to take it along with us. But the goodness that we do, this belongs to the doer. It's something that we can't share. We can, in Umodana, we can rejoice in other people's goodness. And then we get kind of that goodness as well. We get merit as well. But when we do good karma, we're not able to give that good karma to other people. And even more so with our bad karma. This is something that no one would want. It's heavy. <coughs> Whereas merit is light. So we need to contemplate and reflect on what karma it is that we're doing, whether it's good or whether it's bad. So we need to choose, to choose our path and to choose that with wisdom. So what karma then are we creating? For those who have ordained, they need to create good karma, to abandon it's evil or um, unskillful qualities to give rise to skillfulness and to make the mind pure, to have virtue. And by doing this, then we become children of the Buddha, his Sakyan sons. But as such, we have duties as well. We've put on this robe, this banner of the Arahants, and now become a special caste. And uh, and wear these robes which um, are the object of respect for humans and devas. But having put on these robes, we need to make the heart good as well to have both sila and dhamma, it's virtue and dhamma. And this word for monk in Thai, pra, it comes from the Pali word vara, which means um, excellent or noble. So we need to be noble in our sila, in our sacrifices, in developing mindfulness, giving rise to samadhi and wisdom reflecting how we're able to live our lives in this way due to other people, to their offerings of the four requisites, so that we can have water and electricity. We're able to live at ease like we are because of the virtues of the Buddha and the kindness, compassion, the giving of the laity, that they've worked so hard for five days, and they just get two days off. But they share uh, the fruits of their labor with us in order to create merit and skillfulness. <coughs> 
And so we have this good opportunity to study and to practice, to give rise to good karma. So we should try to use this well, to practice a lot, to not be heedless. See how these lives of ours, they're just a little bit, they're very short. In no long time, a hundred years passes by, and everyone here will have died. So we have this good opportunity like this. We should try to use this well. Do walking meditation, sitting meditation. So like there are some people, some laity who have the faith to wake up at 4am and meditate, or some people at 3.30, and they're continuously putting effort into their meditation practice. This is something that's really praiseworthy, this sincerity, this intent to develop mindfulness, to develop samadhi. And they do this because they are well aware that in order to be freed from suffering, they need wisdom. In order to gain wisdom, they need samadhi and this firm mindfulness. In order to get those, it relies upon a basis of sila, of virtue. So we need effort. We need to see the drawbacks on this round of sangsara. We need to set our hearts on this practice. And for the laity, when you're engaging in your occupations, you can have mindfulness there as well. And then you also have your free time. So like on the lunar observance days, you can get a day off work, or maybe Saturday or Sunday, you can have time off. And use this time to seek out some wealth. Because the external wealth we have, it's enough already. Even though it may not be a great amount, it's still enough to be able to get by. So now we need to seek out this inner wealth. Looking at what's going to come next, and we have very little time left. If, say, we're 60 years old now, and we suppose that we'd live to about 80, well, that's just 20 years left. So we see how the time that we have in this world, it's not long. And the Buddha taught us to contemplate this, to not be heedless, to establish ourselves well in heedfulness. Because if we just get distracted a bit in this world, delighted a bit, then one year passes, then another year, and another year. Five years goes by, ten years go by, and our time vanishes, it runs out. The time that we have in this world, it's not long. So use that time to create good karma, to create goodness, merit, skillfulness. Because these are the things that will follow us. We can take this goodness with us. And really all of us, we want good things. This goodness that we create, it will give good results. So like how all of us want to have good things. We want good food, good rice to eat good clothing, good housing, good medicines. But we need 
to make our hearts good as well. And we do this through creating good karma. And this good karma has immense benefits for our hearts. Because it's due to the merit that we've created in the past that's allowed us to be born as a human. And we need to ensure that our next life will be at least on the level of a human, or maybe higher than that, a deva or a brahma. Our next life, it depends upon this mind first. If we have minds of devas, then when we die, we're born as a deva. If our mind is on the level of a brahma, then when we die, we get born as a brahma. If the mind is noble, so like a sotapanna, for example, then need to, after death, having get born, need to get born again, uh, but it's no more than seven times, there's no eighth life. And the number of lives left becomes less and less, due to seeing the drawbacks of that, and seeing that a human body, it's not something that's really desirable to get born into. It's really a place of torture for our minds. But we're not able to see this due to our vision being obstructed by the pleasure, the delight that we find in sights and sounds and tastes, odors, tactile sensations and thoughts that we like. This is what distracts us, this is what blinds us. We need in this life to depend upon these five khandhas, but we should also see the drawbacks in those five khandhas, and these are quite arduous things. As a lay person who came to make merit, who was 99 years old, and he said, I can't take this anymore, I don't want this anymore, it's so hard, it's so much suffering. But he also didn't know that when he would die, where he would go next. It's not sure. So we need to train our minds. To try and make it sure. Try and give rise to goodness. So if we're going to go to a good place, that goodness needs to arise within our hearts first. And we need to bring these qualities up in the present moment, in our minds first bringing the mind to peace, contemplating, seeing the inconstancy and stress and not-self of phenomena. And if we can do this until we kind of see the Dhamma, then we can close off the lower realms. But we need to be sincere in that. We need to really be focused on our contemplation. So we should reflect as well, the monks need to reflect whether we have any superhuman states, whether we've gained any exalted states, so that we aren't shy if our fellow monastics ask us before we die. They ask us whether we have good mindfulness yet, whether we've gained samadhi, whether raptures come up, whether we 
have gained wisdom yet, whether we have seen into emptiness at all yet. And if we haven't yet got these things, we can't afford to be heedless. So we should all contemplate, contemplate and practice. It's like someone who is really good at cleaning, likes cleaning their dwelling or um, a place in the monastery, so that everything's very orderly and tidy and neat. And if only just a very small amount of dirt is there, or something just is just a little bit untidy, then they'll see that easily, because they're constantly cleaning. So this is an external um, thing. But what about cleaning our hearts? If we clean our hearts well, then we'll easily be able to see the defilements that alight on them. So in the Zen tradition, they talk about having a mirror. And there is dust that alights on that mirror, so we wipe it clean and then it becomes clear again. So it's like our minds. When our minds enter into samadhi, then they become clean and clear. Then they come out of that and the defilements appear again, making uh, the mirror or the heart murky and opaque. So we need to come into samadhi once again. And then we use that energy to contemplate Contemplate so as to prevent any of the defilements from alighting on the heart by seeing that the heart, it's just a heart. We don't attach to it anymore. We see it as being empty. And so nothing then is able to alight there, to land there, because everything is empty. And here is where we attain to the Dhamma. So may you contemplate like this. Contemplate into uh, the Dhamma that we have been chanting today. This is something that the lay people are able to contemplate as well. So may all of you set your hearts on this.